Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanvi. And I'm Erin. And this is the 100th episode of our 7th Heaven podcast. Woo! Um, it's also the 100th episode of 7th Heaven! Simultaneously. Yeah, so to celebrate um, the 100th episode, as well as our like one-year anniversary of podcasting is coming up, um, we have like stickers that are of our... I guess our album cover on the um, Apple iTunes podcast uh, app. It's also uh, like our Facebook profile picture, our Instagram profile picture. It's the one of the family, yeah. all, you know, hanging out. Um, so we are going to hold a raffle to, um, I don't know, pick some people who want some Camden Cast swag. Um, I have one on my laptop. It's Trey Fashionable. Um, I really like it. I'm looking at it right now. So, yeah, we're going to give away some goodies that you could put on your laptop or your water bottle or, like, the back of your car if you really need everybody to know. That you're listening to Camden Cast. Um, So that's going to be pinned to our Facebook and our Twitter. Um, It's going to – we haven't set it up yet, but it's going to be, like, a link to – uh, kind of like a raffle website. Um, we're going to say five entries per person, and, I mean, there's if you enter more than five times, we're just going to, like, you can only win one, so um, we'll just, like, take your name out if you enter more than five times. Um, it's just for fairness. Uh, so look out for that. It's coming your way, um, well, today. When yeah, you- when this... When- when this podcast is up, so will the raffle start, and you'll have about two weeks to enter. It's going to be two weeks, yeah, so that's Wednesday, the uh, uh, October 2nd is when we will be closing it and choosing the winners, so... Um, and we'll let you know, and we're really excited. Uh, we're obviously going to have to, like, you're going to have to, like, DM us on, like, Twitter and tell us your address. Or so we'll we can send get your it. email yeah. or something. Yeah. But, yeah, so if you're interested in Camden Cast Swagger and Swag... Swaggy swag. Head over to our Twitter and our Facebook to enter. And if you don't know what that is, we will we will let you know at the end of this episode. Um. So anyway, we had um at Meg twelve eleven eighty six um wrote in about this episode. I didn't realize it was the next one when I saw it, but uh she had some questions. It's sort of like the first impression. She had some questions for Tanvi about um what you were predicting for the 100th episode and I don't know if you were like what what your thoughts are on, on where it's headed and I don't know where we're at so far with the podcast so I guess that's sort of like your first impression wrapped in with um just how, here we are at yeah. 100 um also wanted to give a shout out to Matt uh to Meg Megan uh she's been with us from the beginning um, yeah she's one of the first Camden cast listeners uh one of the first fans to interact with us so it's great that we're starting the 100th episode with, with a question from, from her yeah. because um we do like we, we always say it we appreciate hearing from you guys so um since she was one of the first people to really reach out to us Um, shout out to you, Megan. So, uh, to answer your questions, I, I guess my prediction for this episode was really that it would, it was going to be like a in the family episode. Um, you know, we have some episodes where we have like an outside problem, which like a member of the family has to deal with or the rev has to deal with. And then we have some episodes which are very much like dealing with internal family issues. So I was really expecting that. I was definitely expecting the 100th episode to have Mary come back and have some sort of family reunion. Um, And that's not... Well, that's, I guess, a little bit of what happened. But I also felt like for the 100th episode, it really... 
wasn't like really focused on just the Camdens. We had a bunch of outside things happening, which we'll get into when we like discuss the episode. And I guess to answer your other question about what I think is going to happen next, I think like um, when with the end of this episode, we kind of see the direction that like Cam- that Camden cast, <laughs> well, that Seventh Heaven is going in um, with. I mean, spoiler for, like, the end of our podcast, but, like, Lucy going into, like, wanting to be a minister and, like, this, like, next step that's going. And we've kind of, like, finished out the Frankie and Johnny storyline, and it seems that, like, the They're closing the the door on, like, Mary's um, troubled past sort of thing. She's, like, getting her life in order. It very much seems like Robbie is here to stay. It seems like there's just a new chapter. I'm excited to see... The Camden's growing up. Yeah. Like, like I'm excited to see when Ruthie kind of gets into her. I'm, I'm, I've, I have some glimpses of what's going to happen next, so I'm, like, excited for that. Um, and, you know, just really, this has been a lot of fun. And, like, it's, like, a bright spot <laughs> from week to week. In so, life. <laughs> and, like, we're told that it's a bright spot from you guys as well. Right, we also, so kind of to transition into that, um, we got an email from Tony Ann, who had a little bit, like, who disagreed with us regarding um, the episode, I believe it was 507, where Mary gets sent away to go live in Buffalo. The intervention episode. Yeah, she thought um, that it kind of was like, that was just like, you know, that stealing from the twins was like rock bottom, and, and the Camdens were like, had to do what they had to do. So that's interesting. We always like to hear, you know, um, from our fans and listeners um, and hear what you guys are thinking because obviously sometimes we have, I don't want to say controversial takes on things, but we we don't always, um, I don't know, I don't want to say approve of, but like what what the writers are doing, we don't always think that they're taking the best route for the storyline. So it's good to hear from you guys and see how you interpret it, um, and if you're watching along with us, what what how you how you're seeing it um, now, like twenty years later, right? Exactly. Watching, so um, keep writing in and letting us know. We've been getting a lot of emails lately, so that's super exciting. So we're gonna get into the hundredth episode. Um, you kind of already did, did your my first, first impression. impression yeah. So um, okay, so the title of this episode was one hundred. Um, and it is season five, episode 12. And um, in Germany, it is called Honor Whom Honor Been Entitled. And our IMDb user synopsis is, Robbie is threatened with eviction by Eric for apparently keeping secrets about Mary. The home buzzes with rumors and secret talk, but in the end, it's all just an elaborate surprise party for Eric's birthday. Johnny dropped his baby at the Camden's door after Frankie enraged him and left him completely. Mike trusts Lucy enough to mind his ma one evening, but she confides in Lucy she wants Mike to sell the house, put her in a home, and resume his life. So, anyway, let's get into the cold open. I wanted to say before we uh, start start talking about this episode, um, just two things. This is the the second time in the season that we've had more than one word in an episode title, and it's 100. Uh, and also, this is Stephen Collins' favorite episode, which will make sense when we talk about the episode. Yeah. 
The cold open begins with Annie trying to get the Rev out of the house. He, he needs to write his sermon, and he is apparently being a distraction to Annie, who needs to clean. We, as the audience, immediately realize that something's up, Annie's acting a little weird. But before the Rev chooses to go... Uh, He's like, I have to call Mary because it's her only day off. So if I'm leaving the house, like, I'm, I just want to call her first. And Mary's like, why are you going to call Mary? Annie says, why are you going to call Mary? Yeah, yeah. Um, and the Rev does it, and George picks up the phone. And we haven't seen George in a while, but... He he's still looking, has uh, his blonde head. Yeah, um, and he reveals to the Rev on the phone that Mary is not at the house because she is on a flight to Glen Oak, and the Rev is like, excuse me, she ran away from home to home. <laughs> um, so the, they, like, the phone hangs up, and although, um, like Aaron said, George doesn't say anything about running away from home, that's the exact thought that the Rev has. He just goes from zero to 100 real quick um and annie and like that's the end of the cold open is she's running away yes she's running away from home to home so um then there's a we're gonna do the rev storyline like later later, but just to set up everybody else's storylines um the rev immediately starts to freak out when we return from the cold open and he's like well i need to go find like I, i bet this is robbie's doing i bet mary's coming back here just to try to be with robbie this was all a big elaborate scheme so he's really stressed out and he had some other work to do on this day but he decides to put it all aside in his search for mary which sets up matt and simon's storyline because one of the things that the rev had promised to do on this day was to take mrs bink to the hospital or to a doctor's appointment no to the mall oh and yeah, to the mall, so that's why that's why it's a shock later on in the storyline when they end up at the hospital. Um, right. So anyway, that's what happens. Yeah. They end up at the hospital. Um, is it Mrs. Bink wants to go there, though, right? Yeah, she's yeah, like yeah. running errands, and she's like, I have a date at the hospital. And, uh, yeah, that's apparently she's saying that's where she picks up men. Like, she can't go to the gym. So this because is what, she's old. Um, and Mrs., well, this is the first time we're seeing Mrs. Bink in a while. Miss Bink in a while. Uh, she looks different. Older. Older. Um, she still talks like she's drunk. Yeah. Uh, and that's about it. Yeah. Uh, so we learn, though, since they go to the hospital, um, we find out Mrs. Bink needs to have a mammogram. And for some reason, they make like this weird. This annoyed me. You know, this was because she tells Matt what she needs to have done. And he's like, reacts like, oh, no, a mammogram. Like, not like, oh, no, but he's shocked. Um, and she's like, if you're going to be a doctor, you need to work on your reactions. And I was like, this is just so kind of like immature and stupid. Right. Because then later on we see Simon finding out what a mammogram is and he's like, Ow. oh yeah, ow, really? Uh, so I was like, this is kind of stupid. Um, we, so we, it's basically that, uh, Mrs. Bank has, has one of these annually just to check up. And the first, this is the first time where she's been asked to stay after the checkup, usually they just let her, let her go because there's nothing wrong. So she's convinced that there's something wrong with her and is kind of hoping that Matt will make her feel better about it, but Matt does not... His <laughs> facial expressions are not in control yet. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, the way that he decides to go about doing this is when the doctor comes back and is like, okay, you're fine, you can go now. Matt's like, for some reason there... When the doctor says that to her? I know. This is totally... Well, I guess if she wanted him there, 
that's okay. But I was like, this is totally inappropriate. Well, anyway, Mrs. Bink doesn't have breast cancer, yeah. so um, we'll like, see, we hopefully will see more of her in the future. Um, Matt, like, goes off on the doctor. He's like, well, you made her wait for so long, and that's not, like, good behavior, so be better. Oh, wait, speaking of, I'm sorry, um... Barry Watson has a brand new look for the 100th episode, and I guess for moving onward with... Yep, this is how his hair's going to be from now on. Um, it's very... So he's gone from the 90s, like, boy, bad boy look to the very much 2000s, like... Emo look. Yeah, he kind of, like, looks like a metrosexual. Is that term still in use? I don't know. Yeah, is it? I, I don't know. I mean, I just he just looks very... I don't know what... Yeah, his his clothes were a little bit like better fitting, right. and he looked more put together. Yeah, his hair still always looks greasy, but uh, but it's short. It's in his face. He still has the yeah. bead. Uh, he, he has soul patches back. The bead. The bead. <laughs> it's two beads it's on the, one strand of hair. It's very prominent now. There, it's a green bead. And yeah, a yellow now that bead. the hair is like not as long, we can see the bead really clearly. I'm actually, I think we might be able to get a screenshot of it from this hopefully, episode. Hopefully, hopefully. Um, yeah. So it's really funny because what you have like Matt looking pretty like very very two thousands and like very like in the future or in the now and Simon still looks like he's exactly like, especially because we had that one episode where he was like I'm changing my look yeah but it just goes back to normal it's, it also doesn't help that like he's I don't know like David Gallagher is so skinny he's just like always got like these jeans on and they're pulled all the way up like above his belly button with the belt and his shirt's always tucked in he just looks like such a dork all the time. This storyline was pretty unnecessary, in my opinion. It was just, like, to get, I don't know, to get Simon and Matt, like, give them something to do. Which they didn't really, I mean, they could just have not been doing that. Um, but that's really it. That's really it for them. Do you have Do you have anything else to say about them? No, no, moving on to Lucy. Right, so um, we were introduced to Mike's mother, I believe in the episode previous, <laughs> where we found out that she uh, has a major form of depression that... Is, doesn't like, she doesn't speak. She mostly just sits in front of the television um, and doesn't really interact with anyone. And she's in, like, not a totally catatonic state, but kind of just, like, not really there. Um, the person who usually takes care of Mike's mother is unavailable, so Mike asks Lucy to do it. Because he has to work or something. Um, so, anyway, this, I think, is also supposed to be, like, relationship building between Mike and Lucy because... She trusts her, you know, it was like, oh, he trusts her so much. I think we're supposed to be, realize now that they're like, we haven't seen a whole lot of them interacting, but we're supposed to be like, oh, these are good friends now. Um, so Lucy agrees to do it. And she's like, what do I, she goes to the Rev for advice mm -hmm. because she's like, what do I do? She doesn't, she doesn't speak all day. We're just going to sit there in silence. And the Rev was like, she might sit there in silence, but you should, she probably just wants to be treated. She doesn't want to be treated like, um, I don't know, like, like any different from anyone. So the Rev was like, why don't you talk to her and treat her like, you know, a, a human being? And she might, even if she doesn't respond, you might be making her feel better just by, you know, uh, like treating her like she is responding. So uh, Lucy takes this advice a bit too literally at first. Uh, once, like, Mike finally gets the wherewithal to leave them alone she comes in and mike's mother 
do we get a name for Mike's mom? I don't think so. It's just Mrs. Pierce. Mrs. Pierce gets um, is watching infomercials, and the specific one is about the rot- rotisserator. So I guess which makes everything into rotris- rotisserie. <laughs> the vid, like the what they showed of it on the on the episode, it looked like they were like cooking. Uh, hot dogs in the rotisserie. <laughs> um, I want to know if this is a real infomercial from 2001. I don't think it is. <laughs> um, it seems a little too absurd. Yeah. So, it could be. Um, Lucy kind of starts by saying, oh, we're going to have some girl time. <laughs> She's like, I, And then she just stops. She starts talking nonstop. Just like, I don't, I think only chickens should be cooked in the rotisserie oven. And she just goes on and on and on about everything. And it's very uncomfortable, which I think is supposed to be the point. So that's like delivered well. Um, we come back to them where it looks like Lucy has made sandwiches for, uh, Mrs. Pierce. She didn't know what she liked, so she made peanut butter, ham, turkey, and cheese. But not all on the same sandwich. Um, and Mrs. Pierce takes a sandwich, and then, before she doesn't really take a bite of it, but then she kind of leans forward in her chair, and we get the idea, and she says something to Lucy. She's like, I want Mike to put me in a hospital. We get so this we get we understand that she has not she doesn't speak to Mike, like or very seldom does, and the fact that she's speaking to Lucy is a pretty big deal. We learn that ideally, what Mrs. Pierce would like she blames herself for everything that's happened. She thinks that she's a burden on Mike, and that she wants Mike to sell the house, put her in a home, and then spend the money to live in an apartment and just live like live his life without her. Um, and Lucy's very much thrown. She's like, I thought we were going to talk about the weather. <laughs> and, and Mrs. Pierce is like, how is it outside? <laughs> um, so, anyway. We also, I'm sorry, uh, we also learn in this scene that um, Mrs. Pierce knows how much Lucy means to Mike. Because Lucy's like, why would I be the one, why would you tell me this? And Mrs. Pierce says, oh, you know, he listens to you. He really, like, respects you and he likes you and da-da-da-da-da. So, again, as Aaron mentioned earlier, like, hitting home the point that... Even though we're not seeing a whole lot of them interacting, I mean, um, we're supposed to get the idea that they are, like, becoming really good friends. I do actually really like this friendship for Lucy. It's... I do, too, because, I don't know, it's it's good to see her have a male friend... Right. um, ...that she's not, like... I don't know, trying to date. <laughs> and he seems to be good for her, and she seems to be good for him. And it's, like, there's no, like, popularity thing. She's, like, or sort like, of mellowed I, out. Right, yeah. exactly. Um, so this all comes to a culmination when um, Mike comes home and Lucy meets him in the hallway and is like, your mother spoke to me. Um, and she kind of says, this is what your mom said to me. Lucy's crying. Um, and Mike's like, why does she blame herself? And Lucy brings up, the car accident from seasons ago. Yeah, I think that was season three. Yes, season two. two? Wow. Um, basically, it didn't saying, feel that long ago. Basically, just saying, you know, when my friend died in a car accident, I thought it was my fault because they were driving to come get me, um, and for a really long time, nothing could console me. So, I need. I think this is what's happening with your mom, and then we get a very intense scene. Between Mike's mother and Mike, and Lucy... Lucy's just, like, there. adjacent. She, I mean, honestly, she should not be in the scene at all. Um, I don't know why they kept her there. I guess maybe because they needed a Camden there for the point of view, but, like, I don't... 
I don't know. It's very intense. Uh, we learn a lot of things about Mike and his family. Yeah, we learn that. I don't think it had been revealed previously, but Mike, they talk about how Mike's father died. Um, and we find out that um, he, Mike's father killed himself. Um, I don't know if they revealed how. I don't think they, they did how. But then we also learn, so he says that, you know, no, dad did that. You didn't do that. Like, he took his own life. You can't blame yourself. And then Mike says, and when I tried to kill myself, I, like, took the pills and I drank the vodka and I waited to die. So he keeps affirming, like, you don't have anything, like, this is, and he talks about how both him and his father were selfish in doing this and that they shouldn't have, I don't know, put her through that. And, and he very much, though, is like, but it was all us. Um, so... There's a very touching oh, and, moment. Oh, and we, we... Lucy said it before, prior, I think, in the in the first conversation. She says that um, your mother doesn't talk to you because she wants to push you away. And that's I think that's why Lucy says, like, I think that's why she's been in this state. She wants to push you away. So, um... And Mike comes back and says, like, you're not going to push me away. Like, I'm only going to get closer the, the more you try to push me away, so... The resolution of this... Maybe I can say push me away one more time. <laughs> the resolution of this is basically... Uh, ver- like This is now the first time that Mike's mom is speaking to him, and she says, so do you forgive me? And we have Mike like cry laughing, being like, there's nothing to forgive, and they hug each other, and we see Mrs. Pierce smiling for the first time, and ov- what I think we're supposed to gather is a very long time. Like, since his father killed himself, I guess, is like the... Yeah. I want to say that um, this is, I mean, obviously it's a nice moment. It's a good moment for this family, like, you know, this family to be on the mend and stuff. But it kind of felt like an easy fix. Like, Lucy comes into the room and suddenly everything's okay. Right. This woman does need, we don't know, like, if she's receiving any medical treatment. But, like, clearly um, she's not well. And the fact that it's like, look, Lucy Camden came and fixed everything. Like, I think this woman was, like, in a deeply, deeply depressed state. Right, it's not right. just going to be fixed like this. So, I I mean, I gather... I, I th- I'm thinking Mike is still going to be on, on, so I don't know if we're going to get any, like, callbacks to, oh, she's doing better, or she's doing this now, or something. But I hope that Seventh Heaven doesn't just say that the miracle of Lucy Camden is the reason that uh, Mrs. Pierce's, ma- like, major depression was cured. Yeah. And then finally, I guess Lucy's storyline wraps up and we learn that she got into college, so her whole friendship with Mike was not in vain. Um, well, I mean, there's also other good effects about her friendship with Mike. But, and we learn that she wants to do, like, theological studies in college and become a minister like the Rev. Because as we can see, a little glimpse, I think this was supposed to be right. the thing with Mike's mother was supposed to be, like, Lucy's, you know, really her her father's daughter and... This is, like, her calling, and I don't know, since this season, they've kind of turned her into um, the voice of reason, and she's no longer, like, so emotional where it clouds her judgment. Um, She's a lot more calm. She's a lot more logical. Um, I want to say that this is actually, this kind of completes the little, like, thread, the cliffhanger from a couple of episodes ago where we saw her get the letter, smile to herself, and then, like, put it away. So now we know for sure she definitely got in. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it for Lucy. So we'll go to the remaining Camden, who's still in Dunoke. Anyway, Ruthie. <laughs> uh, Ruthie. So um, 
Ruthie's entire storyline, it first starts with uh, kind of this inter interrogation from the Rev. We know that Ruthie's the keeper of secrets. Ruthie knows she everything. She eavesdrops on everything. She knows all the, yeah, everything that's going on in the house. And the Rev knows this too, so he's like, tell me what you know about Mary running away from home. Or Mary coming, not running away from home. Sorry. Running to Glen Oak. Right. Because um, he's convinced that, it, as Aaron mentioned earlier, that it, this is all this is a massive plan that Robbie and Mary did from the way beginning. Uh, like she, they yeah, like Mary this. ruined her life in order to for Robbie to move. And like, well, Annie points out how ridiculous this is. She's like, really? So like, Mary ruined her life, and then Robbie was homeless because it was all part of the plan to get invited to live with us. <laughs> Um, and Ruthie, you know, and like obviously the rev is going a little insane, and Ruthie kind of feeds into it because she's like, "I found out from you," but all he hears is, "Like, oh yeah, it's it's definitely to see Robbie or something." Um, so once they finally like, since the rev is so focused on Mary, um, and he's out of the house now, it's Ruthie's helping her mom clean, but not really. Yeah, she's just watching TV, and the doorbell rings. I don't know. I think she just, like, goes... She's going to go outside. I think it's a... I didn't remember the doorbell ringing. I don't know. Well, something happens where she's going outside, or she opens the front door or the back door. I don't even remember. She was supposed to be getting her lawn... Oh, maybe she was putting her laundry into the laundry machine, and then she opened the back door just for funsies yeah. while she was there. Maybe she was letting Happy out or something. Anyway... There's there a baby. is a baby with a massive head. So I think we're supposed to recognize the baby, but, but we, we didn't. didn't. <laughs> we didn't recognize the baby. We're like, oh, random baby in the episode. So Ruthie's like, cool, a baby, and takes it up to her room like she did with the chimpanzee. And she's got, like, the door jamming the... She's got a, a chair jamming the door so that nobody can get in and see that she's hoarding this baby. Um, for a bit, we don't have anybody noticing that she has this baby <laughs> until we do. Um, <laughs> and then... I didn't even know who recognized... Annie. Annie recognizes the baby, and it was like, that's Frankie and Johnny's baby. No, 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 oh, Annie no, doesn't recognize no, it. No, Robbie, Robbie does. does. Yeah, because he's like, oh, <laughs> I don't that's know. The no, he he's said like, that's the Pete's that's the pizza, pizza girls. It, no, like, he said that's the Pete's pizza baby. The pe yeah. <laughs> like, the baby that's always there when that one waitress is, like, waitressing, and then she's like, oh, Frankie? Um, and they're like, oh, are you kidding me? Like, Frankie and Johnny left their baby on our doorstep. Um, and Robbie knows that it's Frankie and Johnny's baby because, as he says, you can't forget that head. <laughs> like, he's like, all babies are beautiful, but that baby's got a massive head. Um, and it does. So Annie brings Mercy, which is the name of Frankie and Johnny's baby, um, brings the baby to Pete's Pizza and Pete closes down the shop for the day because he's like, everybody's got to go. I have to deal with the baby. It's like family emergency, but everybody gets to eat their pizza for free, so that's nice. Yeah. I just really I like... would have liked to have been in Pete's on that day. Yeah. I also feel like it's such a strange thing to happen for him to just be like, oh, there's a baby. Everyone out. Yeah, I, I need to handle this. Um, like, what are you going to do, Pete? So, and, and as we know, he's um, Johnny's uncle, so... We find out that... Frankie has like was, was is sick or something that Johnny called in on her behalf said she can't work this week. Um, and so everybody thinks that Johnny is um, abusing uh, Frankie, and that's why Frankie ended up leaving the baby at the doorstep because she's afraid uh, for her baby's life or something. So they've created this narrative where Johnny's the bad guy, um, and Johnny is scheduled to work that day. So later on, he comes in, and and he's like. 
what did you do to Frankie? Why did she feel that she had no choice other than to leave, you know, mercy on our doorstep? Um, and he is like being evasive and he won't answer the questions right away. And again, they're like, oh, when, when is she going to feel better when the, when the bruise is clear? And so he just, he's like, you wouldn't understand or you don't get it. And he kind of storms out, um, leaving mercy still there. (laughs) And Annie like turns around and goes to Pete. Like, what about, what about his parents? Are they in the picture at all? And we learn, uh, that they kind of not disowned him, but basically are not part of his life ever since mercy was born. Like, they know all about Frankie, but they don't want to be, like, they don't want to be part of it. Uh, The next scene... Annie goes out and finds, like, Johnny is just sitting on the promenade, and Annie goes out and finds him, and they start talking, and we learn that Annie says, like, oh, why can't you tell your parents or whatever, and he says he's embarrassed or something, and we learn that... Frankie left Johnny for their pot dealer and that they're in Vegas. I feel like what happened there was, you know, like, um, Mad Lib? Yeah. I feel like Brenda Hampton was just like, okay. No, it's like a game of Clue. It's like, it's like Frankie with the pot dealer in Vegas. But I feel like she's just like, okay, name a drug and name a bad location. That's what's happening. Yeah, they should have made it Reno. (laughs) So, um, they... So she ran away, and that the reason, and he, like, the re- he says he's never hit, like, Frankie in his life, he's never hit anyone in his life. The Except for the Rev. And, like, he's not a violent person, but he got really angry when Frankie called and asked him for a divorce, the la- like, the other night. And he was so afraid about what he was going to do to the baby, and the rent was due, that he <laughs> left Mercy at, at their door. And uh, she, and he's like, you can't just leave the baby at our door every time you think you're gonna like get violent. Apparently, um, he's at anger management. Yeah, we learn that he apparently has been because the last time we saw Frankie and Johnny was when he hit the rev, and Frankie and Johnny were like, okay, we're gonna play the rev and Annie. We're gonna go tell them that we're gonna participate in anger management and whatever and and rehab or whatever, but we're not gonna do it. We're just gonna tell them we are. But now Frankie's like making an I'm sorry Johnny is like I'm making an earnest attempt at going to anger management class and I'm really trying to change and the last time that we saw him they were like okay whatever we're not we're gonna basically tell these people what they want to hear and then not do any of it I don't get how they've created this story of like him being I mean I get like okay there was that one time when he like punched the rev right but like they're they're making it seem like he's just like a violent like person and I don't think I there's think, any history of that. I think that when he... He was, like, a little bit verbally abusive when he was, like, when they would show and, like, try to make him right. look like he was drunk. So I think that they had tried to do that the whole time when, when he was kind of being, like, laying around, like, drinking and the baby was crying. And he's like, shut the baby up! Like, he did sometimes... Right, like, it okay. was, like, so, verbal abuse. So, so they, like, they tried to show that he's having, like... Ang- he has some, like, anger issues. So there, it might progress to something. Where, okay, yeah. I get it, I get it. So, anyway, Annie saves the day. Um, <laughs> just, it, just like Lucy, because she talks to the, to Johnny's parents, and they're willing to help because it's a family problem. You know, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, when Johnny's parents did not want anything to do with him or Mercy before, but now they do. Now that Frankie's out of the picture, and I guess because the Camdens, because have, the Camdens are magic, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I think every neighborhood should have a Camden family for all their neighborhood problems. Yeah, I wish I could have someone else have difficult conversations for me. <laughs> 
So that's it for, I guess, Ruthie and Annie. Uh, we'll get to the last storyline, which kind of wraps up the episode, which is the Rev. So we it's have... kind some, of a brief storyline. Yeah, we have some comedy moments at the beginning of this episode where the Rev is calling uh, George and Ruth... Uh, in Buffalo. I want to say that they have framed Buffalo to be as predicted, snowing outside. Um, I guess it was January in the, in the, in the show, so oh, that yeah, makes sense. Oh yeah, it probably was snowing in Buffalo. So, uh, Ruth is like, you shouldn't have said anything. I don't want to be the one that tells him why she's left. So clearly, like, the show's doing its job of, like, trying to keep us in suspense. Why did Mary, what is Mary doing? Um, and we have a lot of the phone ringing and nobody picking it up. Then we have Annie, like, kind of getting all the troops together and being... Well, we have the scene where the Rev confronts Robbie, right? Did we talk about that already? Um, yeah, sort of. Um, yeah, but with Ruthie's, you know... All right, well, anyway, the, the Rev... Robbie comes in the house. He, he had been gone at, during the time when the Rev got the phone call and heard that Mary wasn't, was on her way to Glen Oak. And the Rev is like, this is your idea, where were you? Robbie's like, I was meeting a friend for coffee, but he didn't show up. Um, so we have Robbie acting a little weird, um, and the Rev is like, oh, what friend? Who's he? Um, and he basically like, says- Robbie's storyline kind of ties into this, because we do see, we learn that Robbie was lying later on, because we see him with Ruthie, and they are, like, baking a birthday cake for the Rev, but... Um, oh, no, no, we see Robbie call the airline, yeah. and he's like, oh, when does that flight get in? I was just at the airport trying to pick someone up that is on it. So so, so the rev basically says, if I find out you're lying, you're out of here. Um, and that's Threatened what, with eviction. Yeah. And that's when Annie kind of, like, ushers the rev out, and you like, go to church, write your sermon. And this is when Annie gets all the troops together and is like, okay, we need to do all of these things before, like, the big... Thing that's happening, which is clearly that Mary's coming home, uh, so they have to clean the house. That this is where it leads to all these storyline, all their storylines happening. But since Annie gets so involved with Johnny and Mercy, it's up to Robbie and Ruthie to like get everything together, which is the, the surprise party. And this is Aaron's point about the birthday cake, which actually looks really cool because it's all yeah. like lopsided and stuff. <laughs> um, the Rev is making more phone calls. In one of the phone call scenes, George actually picks up by accident and then pretends to be Hispanic. Uh, he's like, George no es... No esta aquí. Mary no esta aquí. And, and then he's like, like, El gato baja de mesa. <laughs> he's like, the cat's under the table. Um, and so that's funny, Yeah, I guess. Um, eventually, the Rev gets a phone call from Robbie... Who's like, I lied to you before, I was at the airport, this is her flight, she's on her way here. Uh, it's like, it's gonna be here in two, do- two hours. And this is also part of this elaborate scheme, I don't, under- nothing is revealed <laughs> until the end. Um, so the Rev is waiting at the airport. And mm-hmm. then Mary shows up. Yep. And it's actually, I actually enjoyed this moment a lot. Um, it was nice. Really? I yeah, I really did. I, I enjoyed this. I think this is also maybe why Stephen Collins like liked this episode. Um, it, it's a very touching moment between father and daughter. We have like the you know It's like the official reconciliation because even though like we you know, the Rev only spoke to Mary on the phone once from the time she left to now and we learn it's been like two or three months. So this is like the official uh, reconciliation of them and I guess it's nice. 
Um, so what happens first is, like, the Rev is mad at Mary. He thinks that she's throwing her life away for Robbie. And he's like, what are you talking about? That's not the reason I came here. It's like, then why? And she's like, you don't even know. It's your birthday, silly. Happy birthday, Dad. And it's like a very sweet moment where they hug. And she's like, I wish I could, like, let's, he's like, let's go home. She's like, I can't. My flight's in an hour. Yeah, she just got there. <laughs> she doesn't even have time to, like, leave the gate. So she, yeah. So I, the, what we learn is she was supposed to fly in last night. But because it was snowing in Buffalo, they got snowed in. And so she left this morning, but then that flight got delayed. And, and she has work. This is her yeah. only day off from work, so she has to go back to work. But it's a very, I don't know, it's a good airport moment. They, they got Jessica Biel back for one scene. It was great. Um, so then the Rev goes home, and... We have this stupid moment where he sees the plane over the house. Yeah, he hears it, and he looks <laughs> up, and it's like, that's the one Mary's on. <laughs> Um, and you had a lot of thoughts about what Beverly... So he walks in, and the whole family's in the kitchen, and they're like... They all say different things. Some of them are say happy birthday, some of them say surprise, and take it away on Beverly Mitchell's outfit. Okay. And okay. Ruthie's outfit. Well, I'm going to start with Ruthie's outfit, which is like some sort of... It's a kimono. I mean, I don't know. It's a very, like, Japanese-inspired outfit. I don't have any other words for it. It just doesn't... She's wearing a kimono. Yeah. I feel like those were popular in, like... Early, yeah, I feel like... In the early thousands. With, like, the chopsticks in your hair and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Ma- Beverly Mitchell... Sorry. Lucy, on the other hand, is wearing this, like... She looks like she's ready to go out clubbing. Yeah, she's wearing, like, this really spark... Like, silver, sparkly tank top. She looks like a disco ball. <laughs> and her hair's in, like, these, like, all clips and shit. Like, yeah. Eh. Uh, everybody hugs him, which is him a happy birthday, and this is when Lucy reveals that she wants to be a minister, and the Rev is like, why? And she's like, close your eyes and give me your hand. <laughs> and I'll tell you. So they walk out, and we see almost... Every person who's ever been on the show. Almost every single person that's been on the show. I think there were some people, like, the Colonel wasn't there. Apparently even Dina was back. Yeah. Like, we, you were, you could bl- glimpse people in the background. I saw Wilson. I saw... Jimmy Moon. Moon I saw Jordan. Rod. Um, we saw, like, all the older, like, families that he had helped. Uh, so they say, like, oh, these are all of the people who you've helped, and everybody is here because they want to thank you and celebrate your birthday. Um, and it's very, it's very touching, and yeah. the Rev's band from high school starts playing the Seventh Heaven theme song. Which includes the guy from the Monkees, Peter yeah. Tork. Um, yeah, and it's like... He just goes around and, like, shakes everybody's hand. Or, like, gets kissed on the cheek or on the mouth or hugs. Heather's there. Um, yeah, lots of guest stars. Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen are not there. Sadly. Um, Brenda Song was not there, as far as I know. No. Um, but yeah, then that's how the episode ends. With, like, every person the Rev has impacted in his life. Yeah. So... What are you rating it? Uh, you know what? I really did enjoy the last ten or so minutes of this episode, and I think that's going to bump up my like rating to... I'm just going to give it a solid five. No, a 4.5. Oh, I was, I'm going to give it a five. Okay. Um, it's a good one. So, anyway, if you want to be in it to win it in our raffle to get... The Camden Cast stickers, of which we will be giving away six. Um, you can go on over to our social media for that. Um, our Twitter and our Instagram handle is at Camden Cast Show, and on Facebook we are Camden Cast. 
Um, you can also continue sending us emails if you'd like, camdencast at gmail.com. Uh, or if you have any questions about the raffle, leave comments or send us messages. Um, we are excited for a hundred, at least a hundred more of these. <laughs> um, and we hope to have you along for the ride as we continue on this journey. And you can listen to the next hundred plus episodes on soundcloud.com backslash CamdenCast or on the Apple iTunes podcast app. I'm Tanvi. I'm Erin. This is CamdenCast. Smiling back at me.